go. <laughs> that was awful. I'm going to replace that. <laughs> with that sputtering engine thing from Looney Tunes? Yes. I'll replace it with that. <laughs> Fine. American automotive designer Carol Shelby and fearless British race car driver Ken Miles battle corporate interference, the laws of physics, and their own personal demons to build a revolutionary vehicle for the, mo- for the Ford Motor Company. Together, they plan to compete against the race cars of Enzo Ferrari at the 24-hour of Le Mans in France in 1966. Directed by James Mangold, starring Christian Bale, Matt Damon, and John Bernthal, and that other guy. Who is not... The Iacocca. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Tracy Letts? Yes, thank you. Okay. Here's our shitty review of Ford versus Ferrari. That Joe keeps fucking everything up. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right. So this is going to sound odd coming from me as a guy who has been in the car business for 22 years. I am not a, a fan of cars in general. I, I, I understand the passion for it because I, I, I've seen the way people feel about cars like how I feel about movies. So I get it, but I just, for me, I see cars more as a tool than anything else. And, and I just, I, I don't know. I never really care about the process of, of, of building and, and restoring and all that stuff like that. Having said that. That's because you grew up without a dad that didn't, wasn't into that stuff. Thanks for bringing that up, Mike. You're welcome. I need a moment. <laughs> so, no, but I mean, that's, no, that's what it yeah, is. No, it's true. Yeah. You, I, you know, if I'm you don't, sure. if, if your dad, you know, was in the video games or whatever, yep. you grew up loving video games. My father was in the cars. I grew up loving cars. He fixed cars and I, I, did the same thing, yeah. but with computers. Yeah, you know? my uncle was like my father figure in a way. Yeah. And he was into porn and Cheetos and Dr. Pepper. And Star Trek. So that's why I'm fat and I have a sex fetish. And Star Trek. And Star Trek. There we go. That's why my fingers are always split. Yes. I understand the love for film or for uh, for cars. I, I get it. But I'll tell you what. Like most of the time when I see a movie about cars in one way or another, I am not a I, I don't usually get attracted to like you, you see a movie like Days of Thunder and stuff like that. I don't really care. It's it's odd for me. But when you have a film that can transcend just the basics of cars and go into characters and story and and the love that is put into the passion that is put into a project like Ford v Ferrari, it is uh, it brought it, it has me on board. And that that's what this film does is that James Mangold, who who directed, you know, The Wolverine and Logan, and he's done other things as well, but those are the ones that stand out to me a lot. You could tell that even before I read the uh, the trivia about this film, I already knew that he, he loved this movie. He, he loved this project because you could see it in the... The execution that was done in like every single aspect, except for the look of John Bernthal, of course, being Lee Iacocca. <laughs> but other than that, you could see just how much this, how important this project was for him. So, and then I look it up, I read the trivia about it, and then yeah, he's been trying to get this made for like since like 2010 or something like that. And then finally, after uh, he makes uh, Logan and it, it has a huge success, then then the studio starts to take it more seriously about this project. And they're like, hey, yeah, keep it under $100 million and then we'll do the movie. All right. So then they did. They kept, they they brought, I think they made this for like $90 million or something like that. The, the effect of James Mangold's direction, you can just tell like how 
the there's intimate moments in the film that are just as poignant as and even more poignant um, between character interactions just as much as where you have the racing scenes and things like that which I'll go back to in a moment the the thing about James Mangold with with his execution on everything other than the story and the and the actors that he chose and everything like that the just the sets that they filmed at the houses that they were done, you know, the, um, the garages, the airplane hangars, the race tracks, uh, all these places, even down out on the road, uh, the, the production value of the cars that were in the movie and, and just the, inside the shops where you see all the parts here and there. And, and, and then, and then that goes also into the cinematography. Like there's a moment in this film. I mean, the, all the cinematography in this film is from start to finish is beautiful. Great, great look. But there are certain scenes, especially there's this one moment where Christian Bale's character is working in the shop. He's working in this garage hangar out on the airstrip and he didn't get to go to uh, overseas to do this race. Right. So he's working on cars. And he's listening to the race on the radio. And then his wife comes by to, you know, pretty much, you know, perk up his spirits, you know, because she knows what he's feeling. And she comes in and every once in a while there's an airplane that goes by and the lights of it will shine in through parts of the of this this hangar and it'll illuminate things. And what I noticed is I again I talked to a couple other people that have seen this movie. They didn't even notice it. Some did, some didn't. But I really noticed the part where when one of the airplanes goes by, the lights go through the shop and it illuminates the shadows of the cars in the shop on the background of the wall and they're going across like they're driving. Right. And, and you can hear the you can hear them drive by on the radio. Yeah. And I'm just like just little things like that. I mean, it shows how much Mangold wanted to do this movie the right way and, and, and the love that he had for doing this. It, it just, that pulls me into the movie. All these things pulled me in the movie, especially the fact when we had these rude, rude <laughs> moviegoers that were in the audience with us, you know, in front of us and behind us. I, I mean, I, I didn't view them as rude. They were just, they were they were in their 60s and 70s. Yeah, you know, it, what it they is, were excited about yeah, the movie. And, 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 and eventually I, I adjusted to it. But at first, because me, I'm I'm a shut the fuck up and watch the movie kind of person. Right. You know, if, if everyone's already seen the movie, then whatever. Everyone just have a full on talk fest. But first time I see it, I want to hear this shit because I want to absorb myself into it. Well, and, and the other thing is, is this. <laughs> They're at a fucking movie theater. They should know better. Yeah. They should, especially being fully grown adults. Right. Especially even older than us. But yeah, so um, I remember the first like half hour of this movie, I'm sitting there and I'm getting fucking pissed because I want to concentrate. But these every time um, dialogue is spoken or, or a car is raced or something, the guys behind me, especially like it seemed like you were noticing the people in front of you more. Uh -huh. But for me, it was the ones behind me. And they, they just kept on having a full on conversation, reacting to everything. And I was getting pissed. I was getting really fucking pissed. I, I was getting, I was getting Bridge of Spies pissed. Okay. If anyone's listened to our Bridge of Spies podcast, go back and listen to that. You'll know about that incident. And I, I mean, I seriously considered getting up and getting a manager because I was, I was really into the movie. And then all of a sudden it got to a point where the movie got so good that I stopped caring about them talking. And I just took them in as like, um, like a, like, like a laugh track, you know, on a TV show. Right. And so they're just, they're just commenting on the movie because they're not saying negative things. It's not like they're being rude assholes and you know, they're, they're being rude, but they're not being that kind of rude. 
you know, where they're just interrupting the movie. They're like actually commenting on the film itself and they're having their own dialogue. I, I you know, it's not my thing and I wish they hadn't have done it, but whatever. That's what, that's a testament to how good this movie is, is that it was, it was able to distract me from things that normally piss me off when I'm watching a film. And this is probably in my top five movies of the year so far that we've seen. I know we got a few more movies to see before the year's over, but this is this is definitely near the top of the list. Then with the cinematography, and there's other scenes too. There's there's um there's moments where the cinematography just fits in. It, it, it's just like this perfect combination of everything, of acting, of writing, and and cinematography, and and just everything. Where like uh I think uh. My two favorite moments in the whole entire film were when the first one was when was when they're going to replace Christian Bale's character with another driver and he's pissed off about it, you know, because, you know, and Matt Damon's trying to, you know, defend him and stuff like that. And they know it's going to happen. So they also know that that Josh Lucas's character, who's, you know, this this kiss ass corporate, you know, like second in command guy that's working under Henry Ford. The second. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, he knows he's coming down there to replace Bale's character and, you know, Ken Miles. And Matt Damon knows he has this one opportunity to to show let's you know the error of his ways and so he gets him into this car and if you've seen the trailers for the movie you see the part where he races him in the car and then the dude starts crying afterwards but what that that what what they didn't show in the trailer was the the moments in between before and afterwards and it's my one of my favorite scenes in the movie because it has this it's it's a bunch of different emotions that 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 scene brings up it, it it's hilarious it's it it ends up ultimately becoming poignant and important to the whole film and also it's full of action you know it's great i i just i absolutely loved it and when tracy let's started crying at first i thought he was just terrified like he was just happy to be alive kind of thing right and then all of a sudden he becomes a kid he became a kid in that car and he's like i wish my dad could have seen this and that is great acting that is great storytelling where it made me feel what he he was feeling in that moment you know especially someone who wasn't even raised with a father you know i got that moment and then there's another moment a father moment this is the other favorite moment of mine in in the film where it's it's a simple little scene where christian bale and his son being played by uh, Noah Jupe, they're out on this runway, you know, in front of the hangar, and the sun has just set. So you can still see, like, the light of the sun on the horizon, right? And there's planes going by in the background. You know, there's lights flashing here and there occasionally. And he's talking to his son about the perfect lap. And there, the, the scene is just, it's very quiet, it's very intimate, and it's beautifully shot. And that, that was also, that made me a huge fan of this movie. Just a scene that simple. And that, that's what I mean about great storytelling. You can have a scene that simple, and then you contrast it with, with the Tracy Lett scene, with the racing, or even all the races that are in the film. You know, I love how they pull you into the, to the, all the racing and how they, um, they pulled, they pulled me into, um, the trial and error process where they're, you know, where they have Ken Miles driving the car and he's like, this is off here, this is off there. You know, some movies, I mean, I'm pretty sure if they, if other directors had done this or something like that, those scenes could have been boring as hell and could have been filler and a waste of time. But instead, it made me more and more committed to the film to like, I want these characters to succeed and to keep going to where they're going towards. And I'm just cheering the whole time. You know, I'm either, I, I either feel like I'm on the sidelines 
on the side, you know, with the pit crew, or I'm in the car in the passenger seat holding the video camera or whatever, recording this whole thing going on. It, it, that's how well done all of the racing scenes are in this movie. You know, it makes me want to be a, feel like I'm a part of it and also makes me want to be a part of it at the same time. And, and also the, just the characters. I mean, John Bernthal, hey, holy shit, he didn't die and he was in more than one scene. That's great. <laughs> it's always good. Get as much John Bernthal as you can, right? You know, and look, I, I, whatever. I mean, actors don't always look like, you know, they're who they're portraying, but, you know, they would have been better if they had tried to do a little bit better effort making him look like Lee Iacocca with some makeup and prosthetics or something, right? But whatever, whatever. That's a minor problem I have with the movie, a very minor problem. I, I just, the, the chemistry between Matt Damon and Christian Bale's character is really, really good. It, it, you can tell these guys have a huge amount of respect for each other. And they also have their own personalities, especially Bale's character. The guy is just, a, you know, I mean, he's got his head up his ass, but he's also very, very smart. And he's very, very committed to what he's going to do. And I like the the wife dynamic because at first they made the wife look like she was going to be this, this uh, disapproving weakling. And then it turns out she's not. She's actually very supportive and she just wants her husband to communicate with her. And once he starts communicating with her, she's all there for him. You know, it was great. Great character. Great marriage. Um, the relationship with his son was good. And and just, uh, you know, and then Matt Damon's character. Like for a lot of the movie, Matt Damon just seemed kind of, you know, basic, you know, basic Matt Damon in the movie. But then he has these moments where he shines, you know, like uh, where he fight, you know, he gets in the fist fight with uh, Christian Bale's character or the, especially the end scene after everything's said and done, you know, and he gives the son, you know, the wrench that that, that Bale threw at him and stuff like that. Um, there were moments where, you know, where even Damon wasn't even saying anything. You could just see the emotion in his eyes during that scene things like that. So, you know, Damon shows his acting chops in the film. And I, I also, I, I love Tracy Letts's character because he plays this, this stubborn asshole who thinks he knows what he's doing and, but he doesn't, he's just a corporate shell kind of thing. You know, he's just following in the footsteps of his father and his great and his grandfather. And, you know, he still, you know, he thinks he knows what, what, you know, running a Ford plant uh, is, but he just knows that from the corporate, you know, side, the, the executive side, the, he doesn't actually understand what it feels like to get on that road and, and do what these guys are doing. The, it was just, it was really good to see his character go through that scene and that, and that, that test driving scene. And then Josh Lucas, he plays a good asshole. You know, he, he plays a really good, you know, schmarmy asshole kiss ass to Tracy Letts' character. I, I guess the movie has a villain. Like a lot of people might think that Ferrari is the villain in this movie and it's not. Ferrari just did their own thing. It, it wasn't even like, it did, movie didn't even have to be called Ford v. Ferrari technically. Cause I guess in the rest of the world, this movie's not called Ford v. Ferrari. It's called like, um, Le Mans 66, I think it's called. And, uh, just in America, right? Cause you got to throw that title in there. Josh Lucas is probably the main villain of the film. If you want to have an antagonist. So, but no, he was really good in what he did. You know, there's a couple funny moments where he gets his, you know, his, uh, comeuppance in a way here and there. And there is just, there's these moments of, um, of, uh, you know, tension and things like that. Cause I didn't know how this turned out. I intent, I purposely did not read about this race. I didn't read about the characters cause I didn't want to know if, how long anyone lived or died, you know, how far they made it. Cause I didn't even know that, that Bale's character, you know, he dies like soon after the, the events of this movie. Right. And, you know, I, I didn't want to know because I, I didn't want it to affect me looking at like, oh, well, now this is going to happen. Or I, I didn't want to have any expectations of what was going to happen. And I'm glad I didn't look because it, it worked out better that way because the, it, the movie's very um, dramatic 
and it's very art um i don't want to say artistic it fit very well with you know the storytelling and, and this movie is ultimately a crowd pleaser like i could tell that if you we were in a certain audience there would have been people clapping during certain scenes you know because that's how good this movie is you know and i was rooting for the characters and i loved it i, I love this movie i'm probably gonna end up buying it because I, I would like this to be part of my uh my collection of films that I own. And I don't think I can recommend this film highly enough. That's how good it was. You know, someone who doesn't really care about cars that much, it makes me want to love cars. That's how well this is told. The the whole ending piece, I mean, it was telegraphed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the uh, Ford J car that they were testing out mm -hmm. was made to shelve, let's see, made to shelve the J car and focus on the proven Mach 2s. And little development was done for the rest of the 66 World Champion World Sports Car Championship season. Let's see. Uh, Shelby American resumed testing and development work with Miles serving as primary test driver. The J car featured a bread van shaped rear section with ex that experimented with cam back aerodynamic theories as well as a revolutionary but untested honeycomb panel design that was supposed to lighten and stiffen the car. After almost a day of testing at Riverside International Raceway, Miles approached the end of the track's one mile downhill back straight at top speed, which they showed in the movie, when the car suddenly looped, flipped, crashed, and caught fire. The car broke into pieces and ejected Miles, so he didn't get ca he didn't get caught. He was thrown out of the car, and he died instantly. Mm -hmm. So then they just added those comments for dramatic effect. Well, no, they some people yes don't get out. No. Some people don't walk away from the car. Some people don't get out. Yeah, but he did, and and he got out, and, but he got out in a in a bad way. Yeah, you know, the car had suffered precisely the sort of crash damage that honeycomb construction was designed to prevent. As a result, the aerodynamics of the car were heavily modified to correct the rear end lift generated at race speeds. Ford officials, under pressure after the second of two fatal accidents in the program in five months, also ordered a NASCAR-style steel tube roll cage to be installed in future versions of the car. The death of Miles following that of Hansgen, who was the other driver of the uh, the GTs, and he had died. Uh, the, uh, Walt Hansgen died in a Mach 2 Ford during the Le Mans trials. This led Ford to favor young drivers in subsequent car races. The significantly revised J car named the Ford Mark IV won the only two races in which it was entered, the 67 Sebring 12 hours and the 67 24 hour of Le Mans. The steel roll cage in the Mach 4 was probably saved the life of Mario Andretti, who crashed during the 67 24 hours of Le Mans, but escaped. Which is amazing, considering that if that roll cage had been in the car when Miles crashed, he yeah. probably would have been. He probably would have survived. Yeah, who knows? But most likely. And Mario Andretti obviously goes on to become one of the more important racers in history. Oh yeah, uh, having won championships in Formula One, Indian sports, and NASCAR. I love this movie. When the movie started, I was I was enjoying it. It wasn't until a car, the first car race scene. And then the rumble of the V8s and, and mm -hmm. all that other shit, which I dearly, dearly love. Uh -huh. And then the race car scenes that were filmed were so fantastic. I don't care if they were if they were CG. I don't care if what however they did them yeah. was fucking awesome. The Le Mans races when Matt Damon is racing them and uh, and it's and it's from his point of view. Yeah. And you can't see shit, you know, and, and, and the lights and, and it just fades out like you think he's gonna crash or whatever. Yeah. And if you're a fan of Carol Shelby, you know you know of Shelby Motor Car and and, and the Mustangs yeah. and, and this and that and the other thing. You know he survives. But that opening sequence is tremendous in terms of how James Mangold put a fucking camera 
in with the car. I don't know if it was in with the car or if it was like, again, it was CG. Green screen or something, yeah. And you have, uh, it's raining. I believe it was raining. Mm. And it, and, and there's, and he's in this, this open cockpit, like, you know, mm. like, like the, uh, the, the, the AC Cobras. Yeah. He's in this open cockpit and he's just screaming down this, this back end, this, this, this road. And the only thing I can think of is when he's driving, I was, I was literally watching to see if someone was going to step out onto the road or there was a deer. Yeah. You know, cause when I'm driving, that's what I do. So I fell into the, I'm driving, you know, this is what's going on. Someone's going to step out on the fucking road at 200 miles an hour. Pulled you in. Yeah. He's and then oversteer. And then those motherfuckers started talking and then it pulled me out and then it shows Ken Miles driving. And he's just like, hey, how's it going? You know, he's just yelling at everybody and being, he's kind of being cordial, but not cordial. Yeah. You know, get out of the way. I'm, you know, I'm coming up on your left, this and that and the other thing. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Yeah. Well, Christian Bale is inside the car and he's, and he's doing that commentary as he's driving, you yeah. know, it's so hilarious. And that pulled me back into the movie. Every part of the movie where there's racing. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize that you were there. I, I didn't care. Yeah. I was so sucked into that movie. And then, of course, during the slow parts, the people would start talking again. You know, like uh, there was one part where uh, Enzo Ferrari was talking. Yeah. And they don't have any of the subtitles going on. And and person's like, I don't understand what they're talking about. <laughs> I mean, like that loud. Yeah. And, and the lady's like, I don't know. It's Italian. He's like, well, I, I don't understand what he said. Shut the fuck up. It's just a movie. Yeah. And he obviously, I mean, they translated it. You didn't need to, to know and subtitle what he said. But that whole part where, where Ford went to Ferrari and made them an offer. Yeah. And then he, and then he sent a note to somebody else, the, like the photographer. Yeah. Went to uh, Fiat. Yep. And, and Fiat said, we'll offer them $18 million, but Enzo, Enzo gets to keep, gets to run the company. Yeah. It was all just a bargaining ruse. Yeah. So Anil, that was his name. And Fiat owns Ferrari now, right? Yeah. Fiat's a shit company anyways. They they make their cars are garbage. But back then, if you could get a Fiat, you were hot shit. Even yeah. in even in the eighties, like if you had a Fiat, you were kinda hot shit. But they had British motors in them. And uh the way that you okay, so in order to tune a British car, like an MG or anything else like that, you had to shim the motor. So you take out the spark plugs, you redo all that shit, and then you have to buy shims to retune the motor. It's it's a process. Now, yeah. my father knew how to do that because my, my grandparents had an MG and he had an MG and a Triumph. And and so he, he knew how to work on these cars. So when I'm watching this movie and he's, he's driving the MGs and whatnot, and I see the MGs and, you know... And the Shelby's and, and, and this and that. I'm just like, you know, V8s and, and that's not a V8. That's a force. And it's going through my head. And I'm like, and the only thing that's going through my head is like, if he's driving an MG, how does he tune it? Like, does Christian Bale know how to tune this vehicle or does he not care? Yeah. That's what's going through my head because I'm thinking if he has to bring it in for a tune-up, yeah. he's fucked because he's got to take that go whole goddamn engine apart and rebuild it basically to tune it up and shim it and do all this other stuff yeah. and yada, yada, yada. You know, my, I, I've had friends that have had Triumphs and MGs and stuff like that and they're like, this is the worst car to work on because, because of that. Yeah. And that's what's going through my head when I'm watching these guys race the MGs and, and, you know, she's talking about it and like in the beginning scene when, when he's at his garage and, and the guy's yelling. Yeah, yeah, the asshole that doesn't know how to drive the car. Yeah. And, and he's, and he's yelling at, at Christian's character, Ed Miles. And, and then he drives off and he's, and the car is stuttering. Yeah. You know, and, and, 
Christian Bale's character is just telling him what to do. And, yeah. you know, not, are you are you telling me how to drive? He's like, no, I'm not telling you how to drive. I'm just giving you suggestions, yeah. you know? Yeah. And this car can't. is not designed to be driven like a school teacher's car. Yeah. So when it comes when it comes right down to it, I love this movie. Everything about this movie, even even the death scene, which w- was telegraphed, oh, yeah. wasn't f- forced. Yeah. I mean, them bringing it up, you know, way early <laughs> in the film about, you know, walking away and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, you could tell. It, it just... Especially the focus on the brakes heating up and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's not what really killed him. The car flipped over. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, they just used the brakes as a as an excuse. That shouldn't have made no difference because when he's driving Le Mans and the brakes start to fail, he comes in for whatever. Yeah. So when so essentially the brakes should have been the same the same exact thing when driving the car. The new prototype, mm. and then you know, and the brakes not, and the brakes cutting out, you know, and 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 having a problem. That that was my issue with that whole ending sequence was calling bullshit on that when he steps on the brakes and the brakes start to fail. Well, they already they've already figured out a problem with that, so he knew. So going into that final lap, there shouldn't have been a problem, mm. you know, because they they've they've run this test over and over again. That wasn't well, according to this. The car looped and uh, flipped over. The car suddenly looped. It didn't. There was. It didn't say brake failure. Mm-hmm. The car suddenly looped, so it caught air because it was too light yes. and it broke apart. So they changed. They changed it for dramatic effect. Yeah, which is what I, I don't care for that shit. Yeah, because I mean, it would have been fucking even more insane if they if he had gotten flung out of the car. Yeah, that would have been much more yeah. of a of a. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes they don't get out, which yeah. is the exact opposite of what happens. He he got thrown out of the car. Yeah. Sometimes they get ejected. You know, sometimes they do get out, but not in the way that you want to get out, right? Yeah. And 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 and, and minor things. I don't really have anything bad to say about this movie. No. It, it, highly recommend it. Go see this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. I, yeah. I, why, why why are you listening to the show? Go see the goddamn movie. Yeah. Thirty <laughs> minutes into it, you should be. You know, you should turn this shit off and. Yeah. Fucking drive to the nearest theater to go see this yeah, movie. Yeah, you should be listening to the show while you're driving to the theater to go see Or in movie. the theater. Oh, yeah. Even it, better. During the shitty trailers. Yeah. The 25 the minutes. Fucking interminable trailers. God damn. Are they doing that more and more now? It seems like now they're doing 25 to 30 minutes of trailers. It has. Like, we were sitting there and, like, Family Guy called this one. So, when, when Peter's sitting there and then, like, they'll have... And it wasn't the trailers, but it was the uh, the intros to the movies, all the production companies. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, look, it's a, it's a, it's a fucking, you know, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice little meadow, you know, meadowbrook, and you know, in 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 oh, we got a we got a love story, and then and then it says, you know, love story productions, <laughs> and then and then it shows a guy slamming his coffee down, and and Peter's like, "Oh, look, you got a coffee thing, and it must be a noir movie." And it's like noir productions, you know, and it just kept going. It was like five, Gary Sanchez Productions. Yeah, it's like yeah. fifty different production companies before the movie starts. Yeah, and uh, they should just do a multi-window fucking thing, and just show all of them at once, and then be done with it. Yeah, but the, you, I I don't think they want people to puke. <laughs> and that's they the tell two production companies, and they tell two. Yeah, companies. and that's the secret to uh, podcast success too: is you tell two people, and then they tell two people, and and so on and so forth. And we get more subscribers. Yep. So. Right. You know, and, and but what it comes down to is absolutely go see this movie. It's so worth it. Yeah, even for people that aren't into cars, me, someone who's not into cars, I love this movie. Yep, and it makes me want to love cars. Yeah, it's it's a great story. Yeah. James Mangold is a fantastic director, and uh, you know Bale and Damon 
And even Bernthal is great in this movie. Yeah. He looks nothing like fucking Lee Iacocca. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they were thinking other than like like the family of Lee Iacocca said, yeah. you got to have somebody handsome in there. Cause, yeah. And he looks like John Bernthal. And then you go look up like, he looks like John Bernthal if John Bernthal were in a microwave accident. Maybe Did Lee Iacocca have a nickname? Well, maybe his nickname was The Punisher or something. They're like, this is okay, we'll throw John Bernthal. Hot chocolate, Lee Iacocca. Or, yeah, or I don't know, broken nose. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know why they would pick John Bernthal, but whatever. He still handled the role good. He still was- No, a, yeah, he was great in the movie, yeah. but, it, you know, it, it's it's not, it's, this is Lee Iacocca when he was young. This is Lee Iacocca when he was young. Yeah, that's a, that's a stretch. Yeah, that's Lee Iacocca. Oh, yeah, definitely. See, they should have done some prosthetics on, on Bernthal. See. Yeah, that's nothing like, yeah, they could have done a much better job making- Oh, right here. This is him at four. That's, that's Lee Iacocca. They should have Martin Freeman play him. Yeah. So- or, there's another guy that looks. I know. I, I I know that I know the actor. I just can't think of his name right now. Um, he's a character actor. Shit. Peter Coyote. <laughs> yeah. See, they they should have done. They should have put a little extra and did prosthetics on his face. That would have. You know, they could, then they could have pulled it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, but John Bernthal looks nothing like Lee Iacocca. John Bernthal's just uh, you know too sexy. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's just way too sexy to look like sure. to be Lee Iacocca. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, comparatively, John Bernthal is Brad Pitt to Lee Iacocca's Jabba the Hutt. It's very flattering. You know what I'm saying? It's a very flattering portrayal. I, I, I will say that. It's, I mean, Lee Iacocca <laughs> is not a handsome man. No, he's not. He's very... Well, he was when he was younger. That's him when he was younger. Yeah, and then it looks like... Uh, how does no? I wonder, was he an alcoholic? Because look how bulbous his nose got. Well, the people's nose Because there it was pointy, and then they all of a sudden it became bulbous. So, well, no, that's uh, yeah. Lee Iacocca. Okay, right so that. then the one where it's pointy is just like one weird, maybe it's just yeah, it's a like an angle. angle. Okay. That may not be him either, but it kind of looks like him. Mm -hmm. So, he's he's a little bit older, and he's thinner because he's he looks like he's uh, in the military. Yeah. And then he gets, and that's before the military, that's after the military, and that's after a martini, three martini lunch. More like Lee I a conquer. What? You know, your conquer, your nose, no, uh, conquer. What? C-O-N-K-E-R, conquer, your conquer. You never heard that before? No. Is there, or, is it, or is it honker? It's honker. God damn it. Lee I a honker. <laughs> I fucking ruined my pun. The hard, shiny, dark brown nut of a horse chestnut tree. <laughs> this is bad for a day. All right. Conquer is also a game. Yeah, Conquer's bad for a day. Yeah. No, Honker is. Yeah, you're Honker. Okay. I, yeah, I, I fucked that up. <laughs> Lee Aya Cocaine. I wouldn't doubt it. Lee Aya Cognac. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I mean, see. <laughs> Lee Aya Cohiba. A cognac works better. Yeah. Stick with I just saw the cigar. That's why. All right. So, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We already said this a million times. We're going to say it again. Go see the goddamn movie. Yeah. All right. Oh, Colson. The guy that plays Colson should should have played him. Okay, Clark Gregg. Yeah. Okay. Clark, yeah, I can see that. Clark Gregg. Let's see if they actually have a picture of him together. That's okay. not Clark Gregg. No, that's the. Why does it look like the brother from the Mummy mixed with Brian or Ryan Reynolds? I don't know. Yeah, he looks more like Clark Gregg in that picture. <laughs> see, there's Clark Gregg. Yeah, he could have. He could have done. See, it. he's yeah, got the chin too. Yeah, I mean, come on. See, we should be casters. We should be in the casting. In, like, no. John Bernthal, no. Clark Gregg as Lee Iacocca. We'll call our company castration. <laughs> hey, because if you don't do good, we're going to cut your balls off. Well, we... Never mind. We're just casting agents. We have nothing to do with that process. Okay. Well, I mean, don't you... When you become an actor, when you audition, aren't you hanging your balls out there? Casting agents have nothing to do with that. Casting agents just say yes or no. 
That's a good idea. They don't they don't have any power. <laughs> Castration, because we'll cut your balls off. Fine. I'm just going to call my father. Do oh, that. Wait, never mind. The, the castration thing is funny because, yeah, you hang your balls out there, but casting agents, like, like I'm going to have to think on that. Yeah, you are. Yeah. This is a double entendre. No, I know. Thanks for letting me know that. <laughs> all right. All right. It's Let's... a double. No, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know that the castration joke was a double entendre. Okay. Why don't we just stop and go fuck ourselves? You go fuck yourself. Fine. Argo. <laughs> Cargo. What? It's a car movie. Shut up. <laughs> Cargo. Cargo, Cargo, fuck, fuck yourself. yourself. <laughs> That's a good looking Mustang, man. I wish I would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.